0: So here we are. Good morning. Before we get any further into um, this service, can you please stand with me as we pray? Dear Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this moment. I thank you that we can gather together here um, in your presence, God, and just fellowship together. And so, Father, I pray this morning um, as I speak, it's not my own words, but yours, Father. And may you speak to whoever needs to hear um, from you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone says? Amen. Amen. Awesome, awesome. So... Sermon on the Mount. Um, it's not called Mixed Motives. Mixed Motives is a name that we gave the series. What we're actually unpacking is Sermon on the Mount. Um, we just tried to find like a catchy, it was a marketing strategy, guys. It was a marketing. T- we t- we're talking about Sermon on the Mount again. And um, Sermon on the Mount, the most incredible message preached of all time. In this message, um, Jesus actually preached to um, 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, uh, and this morning we get to still unpack it. Every single day we get to unpack it. There's so much goodness in this. And not only that, Jesus was actually um, speaking to the people back then about what it means to be a true follower of Jesus, what it means to be di- a disciple. Um, he was sharing the values and priorities of the kingdom. And so this morning we, we get to unpack one portion that he spoke about in Matthew, whoa, Matthew 6, amen, come on. So, we are going to be talking about worry. Worry is something that we are all guilty of. Was I stressed about preparing for this message? Hello, yes, I was. We are constantly in 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 a state where we are always worrying or stressing about something. If you had to pick a word that would describe the general or emotional state of most people all over the world right now, what is something that connects all of us? It's worry. We are constantly worried. We wake up, we worry about something. We have lunch, we're worrying as you chowing your food. You go to bed, you worry. And so, I, I, as you sit here this morning, I just want to ask you three questions. You don't have to say anything out loud, just as you reflect. Right now, as you're seated, are you stressed out about something? Are you afraid about something? are you worried about something? We are all constantly worrying about something, whether it's a small thing, um, like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to feed my kids this afternoon? I didn't take anything out of the freezer. Or maybe you are looking for a job and you are really feeling super overwhelmed because nothing is turning around. We are constantly worried. And anxiousness and worry or stress, we're not, it's not modern day problems. This is something that Jesus had been addressing for many years. And we see that in the scripture that, that we're going to be reading this morning. And so if you think the number one most repeated scripture of all time is not love. How many of us thought it was, I thought it was love. I'm just going to say it now. I thought it was love. I was like, surely it's love. God is, God is love. God calls us to love people. Um, but it's actually not the most, re- Scripture of all time is actually, don't be anxious. Fear not. Don't be afraid. The, 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 um, the two words, fear not, is repeated in the Bible 365 times. That means there are, th- okay, there are 365 days in a year. That means that there's a daily reminder from God's word for us not to worry, for us to take our worry and turn it into faith because we serve a God that will provide for us. And so this morning, we're going to take a look at what Jesus had to say to people that were constantly worrying or feeling anxious 2,000 years ago and what he has to say to us now as we sit it here. And so we're going to read from Matthew 6, um, verses 25 to 34, and it says... That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store foods in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Let me ask you a question that Jesus asked, uh, is asking us constantly. Aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow... He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father knows all your needs. He knows all our needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries today's troubles is enough for today and I want to read the um, message version which is basically a paraphrase of the original text um, of Matthew 6 um, verses 34 well it's the end of 33 and into 34 and it says give your entire attention to what God is doing right now just listen to that Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Not if, because we are going to face situations, but when the time comes, when we see God first, He will give us everything we need. Right now, as you're seated here, you, do you know that you have everything that you need for today when you see God first? That is the formula. We don't see God after we've given it our all. We see God first, and then everything will be given to us that we need. So not only was Jesus telling us what to do, but he actually wanted us to catch his heart. He's like, hey, I don't want you just to just listen to what I'm saying, but I want you to know why I'm telling you not to worry. I want you to know why I am your provider and you are not your own provider. And so this morning, we're gonna unpack the word of God together and we're gonna look at what Jesus had to say to people that worried back then and what he's saying to us now and how we can overcome worry. How, not if. Or when how because we are constantly worried or stressed about things and so let's take a look at the difference between stress or realistic concern and worry because those are two very very different things and I think sometimes we blur the lines and we we mix or confuse the two together so stress stress is a a response to pressure or an external trigger whereas worry is a response to fear or uncertainty or doubts we have. Stress is an effect is an effect of circumstances or things that are happening around us. Whereas worry is when we try and control the outcome. And in most cases, it's usually out of our control because Jesus is in control of the outcome. We are responsible for our efforts. What are we doing? Are we seeking God first in the situation? Are we trying to do our best and and work hard so that we can overcome this problem, or are we going to God first? And so, both worry and stress can affect our mind and body more than we actually know. We start to experience a loss of sleep. We start to experience tension in our body. People get ulcers. People get illnesses and sicknesses from worry, from stress. And so, again, being stressed is totally fine, but when stress turns into worry and it leaves us feeling anxious and uneasy constantly, that is when it becomes alarming. That is when it becomes a red flag. And so let's take a look at the root word for worry. Like what is the root word? What is the the idea behind the word worry? And it actually comes from an old English verb, um, but it's also got a bit of um, German what what. Like There's a bit of German in there. I had to ask Sue earlier in the week to help me pronounce this because this word just looks incorrectly spelled, but it actually is a word, believe it or not. Um, And the word, the root word for worry is if you are German, I apologize. I apologize, I apologize. It is not my mother tongue. And so this word has the idea or picture of strangling or choking something. And that is what happens when we worry. When we worry about someone, when we worry about a situation, it actually strangles and chokes the life out of us. It, it takes everything and it squeezes it all together. And like the scripture said, it doesn't add a single moment to our life. So Jesus is saying, hey, you're worrying, but it's going to do absolutely nothing about the situation. However, if you seek me first... Everything that you need will be given to you. And so when we are anxious, when we feel worried, when we feel stressed, we experience restlessness, we experience uncontrollable feelings um, of concern, we, we experience increased irritability. I'm not talking about like irritability from your siblings, that's just normal. We all go through it. If you, if you have siblings, you know they, they can take you from zero to 100 very quickly. This is not what we're talking about. But sleep difficulty... All those things is what we experience when we are constantly worried, when we are in a state of restlessness. So being anxious and worried is not harmless because it actually is the cause of serious illnesses and serious problems. And so I remember um, a situation that I really was super overwhelmed or anxious about um, a few years ago when I had to apply for varsity and I had to... um, get ready to study. Um, my father, who is my, bi- well, so I have a biological father, but he's not in the picture. He's alive. He's well, but he's just not in the picture. And so he had said, okay, cool, like, uh, just tell me how much you need. I'll send you the money for it so that you can register and you can, you can knock things off with your studies. So I was like, okay, cool. Like the deadline is coming up. He hasn't said a word. We haven't gotten a notification. Like, what is going on? And so I messaged him. I tried to call him. No response. No response. Guys, blue tick, grey tick, any tick that. Sh- I, at one point, I was like, surely this man blocked me. Like, surely this man has is just trying to um ignore me. And I was like, what is going on? I was like, like I said to my mom, and I was like, like what is God trying to do here? Like my father said that he's going to send money for my studies and now it's a totally different story what is going on and i started to worry i started to become super anxious about it and then i was like i mean what happens is that i can tend to be very petty like i can be very very petty and so I was like, should I, like, try and, like, embarrass this man? Because we've got this group chat with, like, family, a lot of his family. And I was like, should I try and get hold of him on the group chat? Like, hello, you said that you were going to do something. You haven't done it. Like, I really was, I was ready to do that. I was ready to try and get his attention somehow, by fire or by force. Like, I was going to get his attention. And so my mom was like, no, Raisa, it's not worth it. I was like, bro, why are you so relaxed? Like, (laughs) deadlines are coming payment needs to be made while wow, you're so relaxed. And she was like, don't worry. God will work it out. Like something will come. And I was like, yeah, but God hasn't come through and we need him to come through. And like, you know, and so I constantly was worried. I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, when you type a message, a really long message, and then you delete it, and then you type it again, and then you delete it. You, It was a constant battle. And then literally a few days before the deadline, one of my my father's um, sisters actually said, hey, like, listen, I'm, like, I'm going to send the money, like, just tell me how much you need, and we'll sort it out, so I was like, wow, okay, like, okay, so my mom was right, like, God will work it out, not that, not that I didn't believe, but when time is of the essence, and things are starting to look heated, the first thing that sometimes we don't think about or we get the formula wrong is we try and take control of the situation and then we seek God. It's like, hey God, I've really tried my best. I, I've even thought of being petty. I've, I've thought of doing this and that, but now I'm ready to hand it over to you. But that formula is incorrect. It is not the way to do it. We actually need to seek God first. If only I actually just seeked God first and rested in the idea that I have a father that will provide a heavenly father. Yes, my biological father has failed me miserably. He has failed us for many years, but I have a father that looks out for me. And so, and so, um, how we're going to take a look at how to overcome worry. What Jesus actually says. And the first, the first point is to overcome worry. We must focus on our father's provision. If only actually just focus on my heavenly father's provision, if only I focus on what his word says that he will provide. And and Jesus said like, hey, you are more valuable than birds and flowers that I clothe and feed. So obviously I will provide for you. You are more valuable than them. And so one of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, the the one who provides. And I even think of one of the most famous stories in the Old Testament about how um, the Israelites were in the desert for 40 years. Not like a week, 40 years. They were in the desert for 40 years, and God provided food and manna from heaven. He provided their daily needs. And they even went on to say that the clothes and shoes that they had on sustained them for 40 years. It still fit them 40 years later. Their shoes weren't like worn out. Everything was provided. Everything that they needed was provided. And isn't that incredible? Yeah. We serve a God that provides. And so Jesus is also saying, hey, yes, not worrying is not going to add a single moment to your life, but you know what it is? Worrying is actually a sin because what it denies is it denies the power of God. It shows a lack of trust in God. It's like, hey, God, I think that you're a bit incompetent for the situation, so let me try and take control. Let me try and um, speak to doctors and force, situ- or force an answer out of them. Like, let me try and go to them because I don't think you can do this. Like, there, there needs to be more um, that we can get out of this. But it denies the power of God. It denies the love of God. It denies his heart for his people. It denies the wisdom of God. We basically, when we worry, we basically saying everything in the Bible is incorrect, because in the Bible it says that never will I leave you nor forsake you, and when you seek me first, I will give you everything you need. And so, not only does worry not add to your life, but it takes away. It sucks and drains the life out of us. And so, I want to share a bit of an um, example that I came up with. Or it's a terrible example, so I apologize in advance, but it was kind of the only way I could try and explain it, but just picture a group of people that um, plan the landscape of like a bank, and they plan to rob a bank, so they, they work out what time the guards change their shifts, they work out what time the bank opens, what time the bank closes, when is the best time to go in, um, I, I watched Money Heist, uh, I'm, I'm on that Money Heist train, anyway, um, so... The outcome of someone or group of people robbing a bank is they get money, right? They walk away with money. They think that they are rich. They might not make it to the end of the door because, actually, well, in South Africa, it might be questionable because police don't always respond um, as quick as what we see in shows and series. Like, it's, it's, very, it's very, very different. So, when you rob a bank, you get something from it. But when we worry it doesn't add to our life. Jesus is saying, hey, this is not the solution to overcome any situation or any um, um, season that you're facing. Worrying is not going to do anything but just drain and suck the life out of you. And so it's an unproductive sin. You get absolutely nothing from worrying. I came across um, this really cool quote that really, like, it shocked me. I said shocked a lot in the first uh, first service and I said crazy, um, but it really stood out to me and it said, the quote reads as follows, worrying is like a rocking chair. It will give you something to do, but it won't take you anywhere. And so when we worry, it feels like, yo, things are getting done, like, yo, that door's going to open right now, but it does absolutely nothing because it just sucks everything out of us. But when we go and take our worry to God, like, hey God, this is a situation that I'm dealing with right now. If I worry or stress or try and do things about it, it's not going to end well for me. But what I want to do is I want to take this and turn it into faith. I want to believe that I serve a God that will provide for me. I serve a God whose promises are true. And so worrying won't stop stuff from happening to us. Something is going to happen eventually, whether we worry about it or stress about it. But it also stops us from appreciating everything else around us. When we are so focused on a, on a situation, everything else around us becomes a blurb. We forget about everything. We forget about appreciating the things that we have. And I think so often we are so focused on what we want and what we need that we forget to actually thank God for what He's already done for us and what He's still going to do because His Word says that He will never fail us. And another interesting fact that I that I um that I read up about is that when you I'm not going to use a human body because no one sees human bodies dead bodies on the ground like it's just weird. But if you see an animal, you see an animal that is dead that's been dead for a while, you see worms and, and and um you see worms and like ants and things like insects eating at this body because it's dead. When we worry, it actually eats us alive. Like it actually eats us alive. We become sick. We become weak. We become nothing because it does absolutely nothing to us. It doesn't benefit us. Worrying does not benefit us. And so Jesus is saying, hey, life is more than these materialistic things that you're worrying about. Life is more than this. Hey, I will provide. Just seek me first. Seek me first and I will provide everything that you need. And then he even goes on to say in verse 32 that these are the thoughts that actually um, unbelievers are constantly um, aware of. Like, these things that, that we are worrying about, these are the thoughts of unbelievers. And as a child of God, his word says that he will provide for us. He will, his will will be done when we seek him first. And so, number two, how, we can, how can we overcome worry? We look at, um, we first recognize, while well, we focus on our father's provision. And then we recognize our value to our Father. When we know that we are of value to our Father, that He holds us to such a high standard, then of course He will provide for us. Of course He will come through. And so let me ask you this question. Do we sometimes equate caring to worrying? Like it's like, oh no, like I just care so much about this person that I have to be the one to help. I have to be the one to stress for them. I have to do this for my kids. I have to do this for my family. When it's actually just worrying, like you're constantly in a state of worrying when it overwhelms us. And I think we often mistake caring for worrying. I mean, we automatically think that we are responsible for the outcome because I think that's what we get wrong. We are responsible for our efforts. If you see your child playing close to traffic, you're not going to say, oh, I'm just going to see God first and then like, they'll, like, something will happen. No, those are situations that we are in control of, that we can actually, that is our responsibility to take care of our kids. It's our responsibility to think of certain things. We have a, pl- a part to play and then God is in, tr- in control of the outcome. Not the other way around or both. We are not responsible for our part and the outcome. That's not how it works. And I think so often we forget that he knows exactly what we need. God knows exactly what we need. We have every we have everything that we need for today when we seek him first. And I believe that Jesus is okay with us feeling stressed or concerned about things. It's normal. Um He's like, hey, it's okay. Like, I want you to feel some sort of responsibility for certain situations, but not when it becomes um, overwhelming or that's all that your mind is constantly, like it constantly plays in your mind that I just have to worry about this. I have to stress about this. I always have to be thinking about this because I feel like it's my responsibility. No, Jesus is saying, hey, you can care. You can show some signs of concern, um, but I am responsible for the outcome are we trying to take the role that God plays in our life by trying to be in control of situations that if we worry hard enough, then something's going to happen? Like, if I just, God, like, let me just take this. Let me, I think I can do this. I think I can, I can be in control of this outcome. But it does absolutely nothing. It does absolutely nothing. I even just think about how um, in school and people that know this would always make fun of us. They'll be like, to stop frowning. So I'm like, I can try my very best to try and frown. But if I can't do it, I can't do it. And you just have to be aware of it. Like, we can't frown. And people make fun of us a lot about it. Um, But I'm not complaining because in a few years' time when, you know, um, you walk in a different season, you're not going to, I can't frown. No, but I'm, like, I'm trying. (laughs) Like, I'm trying. I can't frown. Like, those frown lines, thank you, Jesus. You know, God blesses us with certain things. He didn't bless me with the ability to sing, but he blessed me with no frown lines. So we, we thank God. <laughs> um, so what is another way that we can overcome worry? So number one, we focus on the Father's provision. Number two, we recognize our value to our Father. And number three, we pursue our Father's promises. And his promises are true. Not it might come to pass. It's true. God will never let us down. We sang the song that he's the same God. He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And so we see his promise at the, at the end of Matthew 6 in verse 33. And it says that, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. And I think so often we switch the verse, while well, we, we, we reconstruct the sentence, and, and what we tend to do is that, hey, yeah, God will give me everything that I need. He will provide all my needs, and then I can seek Him first, and His kingdom, and His righteousness, but that is, that is the wrong formula. His word says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and don't seek him whole, like don't seek him 50%, don't go in with 50%, hey God, 50% is all I can do, I need the other 50 to try and do things in my own strength, but he's saying, seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Jesus is ultimately saying to his disciples then, and he's saying to us now, hey, Please prioritize kingdom living, prioritize the characteristics of what it means to be a true follower of Jesus. And then our needs will be met. And when I think of Matthew um, 633 about seeking first the kingdom of God, I really believe that my mom is a great testimony, a testament, to your English, testament of of what it means to seek God first. In everything, in absolutely everything, um, and just to give you a bit of context, uh, in on the seventeenth of January in two thousand and two, there was a volcano eru- eruption in um, Congo, in the east of Congo, in Goma, and we had lost everything. We lost absolutely everything in the in the eruption. Um, our house was destroyed. Everything, and so. On the twenty fourth of January, my mom said that we actually my father said, "Well, he made the decision to like say, "Hey, let's go to another country and find refugee, let's find a place to stay like a future for our, a better future for our kids." And so we left um, congo we, um, we first went to Kenya, we stayed in the refugee camps in Kenya for four months um, and when when we had arrived in Kenya, my mom actually said that um, my dad said to her, "Hey." You carry on going with the kids. I need to go back and sort some stuff out, and then I'll meet you guys. I'll meet you guys. The plan was, we, the, the, the end goal was never South Africa. Um, it was just find a place. So we stayed there for four months. And then after that, we um, had left. And we ended up in Zimbabwe for about 10 months. And while we were living in Zimbabwe, um, my mom, firstly, just bear in mind, my mom couldn't speak a word of English. She didn't know anyone in Kenya that we could stay with. She didn't know anyone in Zimbabwe that we could stay with. She just went. Like, I need to take care of my kids. I need to think of my kids first. Um, and she trusted god so we went we stayed in zimbabwe for 10 months and then the lady that um was so kind to let us stay with her um, said hey listen why don't you try going to south africa you might find like a like better work options there um it just might be better so then she was like okay cool and she's like okay cool so once you get into once you once you get into south africa um go straight. Don't stop in Joburg. Go all the way to Cape Town. Um, (laughs) I I don't know why she said it. Um, She must have had her reservations about Joburg. So we ended up in Cape Town. Um, Again, no English. We didn't know anyone here except for a family friend that my mom had known about. Um, And so bear in mind, my dad said he's going to meet us. He never came back. He came back, maybe, like, I think he came to visit us in South Africa in 2007, and then he came, and we got excited, and we're like, okay, cool, like, he's going to stay, we're going to be a happy family, I and mean, then he's like, oh, yeah, I have to go back again to um, Congo, sort out of some stuff, and then we'll finally be together, I and mean, then he just never came back, so he's, we're still waiting, <laughs> um, no, we're not actually, we're fine, we're actually very much fine, um, so... My mom had to navigate in a new country with four kids under the age of five. My, bro- my oldest brother was five, four, I was two, and my sister was one. No word of English, no sense of, what, no sense of direction, but she trusted God. And, and the reason why, and I want to share two stories, and the reason why is... My mom is not the hero of the story. My mom is an example of someone that seeked God first in everything. She put God first. She said, "Hey God, I'm trusting you." And God gets the glory for that, because God provided. And so And so, okay. and so obviously, my, my brother, obviously we, we arrived in South Africa in April, um, 2003, and so my brother needed to get into grade one like grade one um, school had already started was already the end of the first term so how many parents with um kids that started grade one you guys know how difficult it is to get your child into a school and so she had walked with a family friend to different schools she first went to Bosman's Dam, um Tiger, Holy Cross, Kubrick, Ace of Flight all the schools every school said come back next year come back next year come back next year my mom was like like she said to obviously I'm um, the English wasn't Englishing, but she was saying to um, the family friend, like, hey, like, my child needs to get into school. School has started. He needs to get into a school so that he can get his education going. Um, so she was like, no, let's carry on looking. Let's find another school. Let's find another school. So she found Milton Primary, and she went in, and they spoke to the principal, and they were like, hey, like, listen, my child needs to get into a school. He just turned seven. Um, so like how does this work and he was like no ma'am like you have to come back next year um schools have already started like the term has started and she's like no he needs to start school and so the next question was do you have money to pay and she was like yes I have money knowing full well she had no job she had no money there was no savings from money um, that we had and we came to South Africa with a little there was nothing and so she had said yes in the hopes that she was going to carry on walking to try and find a job so that she can pay for his school fees. And so obviously like a few, so then he was like, okay, cool. Like your son is accepted into the school. So she's like, okay, wow, now I need to find a job because I told the man I'm going to pay. Like I, I, don't, I don't have money. So she um, found a job. She started just paying off. And then obviously I'd realized like, "Whoa, well, this lady actually didn't have money. She didn't have a job. Like she's new to this country. She can't speak a word of English her kid is in grade one, he can't speak English, like, what is going on, and so after, well, when we, the, the three of us needed actually get to, to get into school, they realized, no, this is a lady that said that she had money, and she had no money, so they're not coming to the school, so we ended up going to another school, um, but th- we got an education, my mom seeked God first, and we got into school, and then I remember when my brothers needed to get into high school, it was again, the, the situation, it was a, like a repeat of the situation, and um, she said that she only applied at Molnars High, and she applied within the first week that school applications opened. And so she applied and they heard nothing back from the school. So she said to um, a, a lady that she had met, and she was like, no, like Barbara, can you please um, organize an appointment at the school? Like we need to speak to the school and find out what's taking them so long. We didn't get an answer. So they get to the school and they meet with the principal and the deputy principal, and um, She's like explaining the story, like, listen, I applied for my my sons. Um, I haven't heard back, and he was like, no, like you know, um, there's like a waiting list. There's a lot of people. She's like, hey, I applied when, when applications open, and I like this is a school that my my kids need to get into, and so the the deputy principal was like, no, there's like Bosman's Dam. He started naming schools, and she's like, I applied at Molnesen High. And, you know, I need, like, my like. this is the only school I applied at. Everyone else's applications I've closed because this is the only school I applied at. And then he said to her, okay, do you have money to pay? And she said, my boss will pay. And so he assumed that it was the lady next to her. It was this old white senior lady. And she said, no, listen, I'm a senior. I'm a pensioner. I wish I could pay, but I don't have the money. So then he said, who's your boss? And she said, God. And so literally, they, he, my mom said he, they were both so shocked. They looked at each other, and they just stood up and said, ma'am, your kids have been accepted. They can start school. And again, glory goes to God because he gave us what we needed. My, my brothers needed a place to get into. My mom didn't, her first priority was not to stress or concern or worry, but it was actually to pray. And I want to read a scripture, uh, the last scripture, and just the last thought that I want to leave you guys with, is in in Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7. And it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so... What promise is Jesus leaving us with? He's he's reminding us, hey, number one, pray when you feel like worrying. Number two, give thanks when you feel like complaining. Number three, keep going when you feel like giving up. And when we do this, we will experience the peace of God that passes all understanding. We won't be able to understand because He's a God that will provide. And I want you to know if God wanted to, He could have provided for a week. He could have pro- He could provide for us for a year, but He says He will give us everything that we need for today and today's worries and concerns. Because if we had to be supplied, by, we, if God had to give us everything we needed for a week, we'd neglect Him for a week and come back to Him a week later. If God had to give us enough for a year, we'd neglect God and come back to Him a year later and say, hey God, like, Okay, cool, I need you to provide again, but God is saying, "Hey, you have everything that you need for today. Tomorrow's worries is enough for tomorrow, tomorrow, and God will help us deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. You have everything that you need for today.